Acts 26, starting at verse 12. We're going to read down at verse 29. It says, whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests at midday, O king, I saw in the way light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining around about me and them which journey with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thy from the people, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes. And turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea, then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me, having therefore obtained Help of God, I continued until this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. That Christ should suffer and, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spoke for himself. Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning do make thee mad. But he said, I'm not mad. Most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth of these things before whom I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done. In a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then King Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, accept these bonds. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. May God add a blessing to the hearers and the doers of his holy, precious word. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm done. Wasn't that wonderful? Wasn't that wonderful? Now, now somebody say, where are you going with that? Here's where I'm going with that. 
What is a Christian? Hey, Paul, Paul, Paul preached all that and testified of all the goodness of God. And Agrippa said, thou almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Now, Agrippa knew Paul, knew his story, knew his testimony, knew what it cost Paul to become a Christian. But what is a Christian? If I said, what is a chicken? Most of you would have a good idea what a chicken is. But just in case you don't, I'm going to give you the Webster definition of a chicken. I didn't write none of this. Okay. The chicken is a domesticated subspecies of the red jungle fowl. With attributes of wild species such as a gray and sea lion jungle fowl that are originally from southeastern Asia. The rooster or cock is a term for an adult male bird. And a younger male may be called a cockerel. A male that has been castrated is a capon. An adult female bird is called a hen. And a sexually immature female is called a pullet. Originally raised for cockfighting, for the special ceremonies, chickens were not kept for food until the holistic period between the 4th and 2nd centuries. Humans now keep chickens primarily as a source of food, consuming both their meat and eggs and as pets. Chickens are the most common and widespread domestic animals with a total population of 23.7 billion up as of 2018. There are more chickens in the world than any other bird. How about that? <laughs> Toya, did you know all that? <laughs> How about that? So, so what is a Christian? We know what a chicken is now. A pullet, capon, and all that. But what is a what is a Christian? Let me let me. I got I got about thirteen or fourteen things that a Christian is, and if I get through half of them, that'll be good. The marks of a Christian. How about that? Let me give you some marks of a Christian. If you hear or you listening, the first mark of a Christian. He's concerned. About his past. What are you talking about pastor? He understands that. He has a past. Okay. And and, and, and he has a sinful past. Okay. And, and, and within that past. He understands that there has to come a time in his life. Where there has to be repentance. Seems like we've been talking about repentance a lot. I listened to Jake pray. Talk about repentance a little bit. But a, a, a sinner. Or a Christian is someone who has taken a long look at where he has come from, how he is living, and he has decided or he has been called out by the preaching of the gospel to repent from it. Now, when I, when I look at John 3.16, and I've, I've, I've committed that I'm going to preach on John 3.16 just about every time I preach, but within John 3.16, there is, there is repentance 
and believing found in that verse. See if you can see if you can hear it. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, let me stop there. See, there's a whole lot of folks that want to be called themselves Christians, but have never repented. Mm-hmm. Never repented. Never really turned from their old way of life. They just became Christians and continued on in, 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 in Satan's ministers. Satan ministers don't have a problem with that. And they say, well, you know, they're content with it. You can, you can live any way you want to and still be a Christian. All I got to do is all I got to do is get to be put in Facebook jails and put something up about Christians shouldn't drink. Okay? Let me tell you something. If a pastor says that drinking is okay, you need to find you a new pastor. Amen. Amen. All right? Amen. Okay? Christians. Look at their past and they repent and they turn. Watch, watch this. John 3 16. I'm going to try to finish it this time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, within that word believeth, within that word believeth, there is repentance and turning. You can't believe without repentance. Okay, can't. So we, we, you don't put the 316 sign up all over and I put the three. No, no, that's a, that sign is huge. The meaning of that verse is huge because the meaning of that verse, that person who's had believed has repented and has turned. Romans 6.23, watch. Watch repentance and believe. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What's that word through mean? Through repentance and believing that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose from the grave. No repentance, no believing. Amen. No repentance, no believing. Watch this. One more verse. I'm going to keep on moving. See, Christianity. See, we've watered it down. We've watered it down. It's, it's just as easy to cross the Mexican border and you can be American. Now you can be a Christian without repenting. You can be a Christian without giving up nothing. You can be a Christian without turning. See, I'm a Christian. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, some of us in here don't even probably don't even know anybody that would say they're not a Christian. Just about everybody we run into, if you would ask them, you know, you go out to Hollywood casinos and stand outside and, and ask people with a microphone, are you a Christian? Yes. Yes. Everybody would, everybody's a Christian. Not a biblical one. Amen. Not a Christian on their way to heaven. Amen. Okay. Just a Christian for convenience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just a Christian for convenience. See, it used to be when you crossed the border, you wanted to be an American citizen. You had to pass a drug test, background check. You had to get all your shots and everything now. Amen. And it's the same way with the church. You want to be a Christian? Just, just come on. Come on. You know. You know just come as you are. Stay as you are. I don't care. I don't care what the world says. A biblical Christian is one who has what? Repented. Look at this powerful verse. This is one of the great verses in the Bible. We all know it. We know it well. But let's look at it. Let's look at this word through faith again. For by grace are you saved. God's unmerited favor. God has given you the favor to do what? To believe. Watch this. For by grace are you saved. How? Through faith. 
What's that mean? Y'all should know it because I think we touched it on Wednesday. For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith is you believing that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose from the grave. And you can't believe that without repenting. If you believe that Jesus died for your sins, you're going to stop. You're going to turn. And when you do sin, because we all do, you're going to say, Lord, forgive me. You're going to get up and you're going to get back in line and you're going to you're going to work hard, as hard as you possibly humanly can to be at best you can be. OK. A, a biblical Christian, a Christian uh, uh, based on the word of God is one who has looked at the offer of salvation. Now, we offer it every Sunday. Every church should offer the offer of salvation every Sunday. What is the offer of salvation? You mean tell me that, that, that God has called the church to preach salvation, okay? People should know what it means to be saved. Amen. That, used to be, that used to be evangelistic preaching. Some of us came up, Billy Graham, that's what Billy Graham did, evangelistic preacher. He always offered salvation. The biblical Christian has heard the offer of salvation and has asked God to give him the faith to believe, has gotten on his knees and said, I need to be saved. Peter, Peter writing to, to the church in, 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 in Nero's day when Christian was under assault, like sort of like today, sort of like today, huh? Paul, Peter writes this, this in 2 Peter 3, 9. This is interesting. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some man count slackness, but is I like this, but is long suffering to us word. Why? What wants to be long suffering to us word? God, God's preachers, God's men of God, God's preachers are long suffering. They're going to keep preaching the word of God. Justin goes off to college. He goes off to college, goes into the NFL, and he, we ain't seen him in 10 years. He come back here to his home church. You know what we're going to be doing? He's going to say, man, they ain't doing the same thing. I've been preaching like that for 30 years. Amen. That should be the standard. Amen. He shouldn't come back here in 20 years and I say, oh, y'all didn't change everything here. Got women in the pulpit. They speaking in tongues. Folks calling themselves apostles and prophets. What happened? Pastor Neil passed away. <laughs> Deacon Jeremy took over and wanted a full church. <laughs> See? You got, you know, I mean, this is precious. What, what God's men do should be considered precious. Why? Because God is long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to, there's our word, repentance. Look at Ezekiel. Ezekiel was an evangelical preacher or evangelist type preacher, excuse me. And, and, and he would preach the same thing. It's the same thing in the Old Testament. Watch Ezekiel. He, he's giving us a lesson on how to preach. It says in Ezekiel 33, 11, watch. Say unto them, Ezekiel. He was martyred. He was a prophet. He died. And he got killed. He got his head cut off or something because they didn't like that. And they still don't like it. And this is why a lot of preachers don't preach it because they don't like it. He says, say unto them. Here's how you preach. As I live, say the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way 
and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? How about that? That's an Old Testament preacher. Okay. Here, here's, here's, here's one you guys remember that are you from, you're familiar with. Here's, here's Jesus writing to the people of that day who are going through. Just going through. Just weighed down with life. Getting hit from every angle. And they don't know the answer. They don't know how to deal with it. Listen. Jesus said, come unto me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me. He said, come unto me. Stop taking your stuff to the bars and to the, and to the casinos and to the night. He said, come unto me. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Watch this. Take my yoke upon you. Take the, take the world's yoke off and take my yoke upon you and Amen. learn of me. Amen. And learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I like that. So, so we, 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 we're moving. We're moving. It's biblical Christian. Agrippa said, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. He knew what he's talking about. See, see don't, don't ever think kings are slow. Kings are smart. They don't become, you don't become a king or a governor without being smart. Okay? So he understood what it meant to be a Christian. And Paul said he was close. Or he said he was close. Listen. A, a, a Christian. Is one. Who's conscious. Of his present life. Think about that. Let me say that again real slow. A Christian. Is one who is conscious. Of his present life. Me, he paying attention. I think we talk about it being sober and vigilant. You paying attention to who you are, what you say. I think we said it this morning. You know, and all you eat, drink, and do due to the glory of God. You're paying attention because you the last thing you want to do as a Christian is bring shame to the name. The last thing you want to do is bring shame to the church. Or to the people of God. Because listen, when a, when, a, when a Christian falls, especially if it's a pastor or someone that, you know, someone that's known by, by millions, you know, they look, look all them Christians. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is talking to the people of God. He says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. Watch this, Deuteronomy 30, 19. He said that I have set before you life. And death. How many of you know that? How many wake up in wake up in the morning and you look out of you you plan in your day and when you plan in your day you look out there and and God has said to you as a man of God as a woman of God I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life why that both thou and thy seed may live that's a deep that's a, that's an interesting verse because we wake up every morning every day we have choices. Every day we wake up, we have choices to do the right thing or do the wrong thing. Okay? Do something that's going to glorify God or do something that's going to glorify self. Okay? Jeremiah 
weeping, the weeping, crying prophet because he's seen so much craziness among the people of God. He says in Jeremiah, he says, he says, unto this people, thou shalt say, thus say the Lord, behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Ain't that interesting? You sit here and think about that. These, these, these Old Testament prophets, they understood exactly what you face every day. Every day we face this. Every day, I know I do. Let me just speak for myself. I know I do. And I know everybody in here would probably say the same thing. You know what? I got decisions to make every day. Every day. The, the man of God, the true Christian, the true Christian is, is a doer of the word. A doer of the word. Somebody, somebody that's just serious about it. See, I, I, I find this lacking when I talk to folks. James, James 1.22 says, but be ye doers of the word. But you can't do what you don't know. Okay? I, I, just, I just happened, we had, a, we had a, a microwave. We had a microwave. I mean, this thing was huge. It was from my, from my wife's mother back in, she must have got this thing in the 80s. It was like big as this thing. And it finally dies. So I bought a new microwave, you know, with an air fryer in it and all this stuff, all this stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know how it worked. What did I have to do? Sit outside and read and study how to work this thing. Okay, even how to turn it on, you know, how to set the clock, all that stuff, you know. But you can't be a doer of the word if you don't know it. Amen. Okay. Somebody come to Dick and Jeremy always talking to me about people they hire at this job. They, you, you can't, you know, you come in, hey, you start over there. That's, they, that don't work. You know, first thing you gotta go, you gotta go to personnel, and you gotta go to personnel, and you gotta get, you gotta get maybe fitted for clothes, you gotta be given an exams, all kind of stuff. You gotta take all these tests and stuff, and then they work two weeks and quit. But um if that, huh? James, James says, be what? Doers of the words. Watch this. And not hearers only. Amen. Deceiving your own self. You're not deceiving God. Okay? For if any man be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he behold himself and go away and straightway forget it what manner of man he was. But whoso look at the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being for a, not a forgetful here, watch this, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Hmm. Hmm. Doer of the word. Are you a doer of the word? Somebody say, I, and you know, ask, you got to ask yourself, am I a doer of the word? Because the man of God, the woman of God, that's truly a biblical Christian is a doer of the word. Now that doesn't mean you are perfect. That doesn't mean you don't stumble. That doesn't mean you don't fall. That doesn't mean you don't struggle. But when you do, that's right. We have an advocate. We confess that thing. We're going to sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to work hard not to stumble in that situation again. I'm going to be better at glorifying God next time I'm put into that situation. This stuff is important. This stuff is important. The, the, the true man of God. Here's, here's, here's the one that, I, that really caught my attention. He acknowledges Jesus as Lord. Think about that. He acknowledges Jesus as Lord. Think about that. People don't even want to talk about Jesus no more. I can turn on sermons and listen to them, and you don't even hear Jesus. 
I can turn on gospel music and you don't even hear Jesus sing about it anymore. It's really sad because I look forward. I look forward. Colossians 2. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy read Colossians 3. What a wonderful verse. I love Colossians 3. But I was just looking at Colossians 2 and 6 and 7. Now, 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 I'm going to tell you what I want you to hear out of this verse before I read the verse. Okay? Because the man who says that I'm a man of God or I'm a Christian, man or woman, he walks with him, he's rooted in him, he's built up in him, he's established in him, he's taught in him, and he's abounding with thanksgiving. Now I've given you everything that is in these two small verses. These are two small verses. But watch this. Watch this. He said, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. Watch this. So ye, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein, therein with thanksgiving. How about that? Received, walked, rooted, built up, established, taught, abounding with thanksgiving. I'm telling you something. That's what the world expects from you. Okay. And you, you sit there and you look at some of these. I talk about these. I talk about sports a lot. And 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 then you get you get called by a team, baseball, football, tennis. You, they want you to be great at all these things. They want you to walk walk knowing that you say you're a Pittsburgh Pirate or something. You know, you're a Pittsburgh Pirate. You got to wear the jersey and the hat, the colors. You got to do everything they ask you to do. Mm-hmm. Everything they ask you to do. But the greatest, the greatest illustration. In the Bible, it's just me. For someone calling Jesus Lord is found on Calvary. It's found on Calvary. And it says this in in Luke 23. I I love this verse. And this is is one. I, I probably use it more than any verse that I've probably taught in this church. It says in a superscription, Luke 23 and 38. It says in a superscription was written over him in letters of the Greek and the Latin and the Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him saying, does not thou fear God? Seeing thou art in the same condemnation. And somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, maybe, what does he mean to condemnation? What's that word mean, condemnation? I mean, you you using your last breaths to condemn a dying man. And you're dying yourself. Then he says in verse 41, the, the, the one thief who's trying to get himself right and trying to save his buddy. Well, we need friends like these. You got a friend like this, you got a good friend, because this friend is trying to help his brother. He's trying to help his partner in crime. He says, for we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deed. We get what we deserve. We're dying for a reason. We was robbing and stealing and killing. We was looting. We was burning down buildings. We was doing all the crazy stuff. But this man had done nothing a miss. Amen. And he said unto Jesus, here's repentance. Here's repentance. Here's, here's believing. He's received all John 3, 16. If you don't see it in, in, in 42 here. And he said unto him, Jesus, 
He said unto Jesus, Lord. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. How about that? You talk to Jesus like that, you'll get an answer. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today, this day, how about that? Today, shall thou be with me in paradise. Let me do, let me do, let me do this one. I'm at, I'm at number six. I never thought I would get this one. But I'm good. Here's number six. Here's a hard one. The man of God, the woman of God, the Christian. And I love you guys. Because I see the commitment. He is firmly committed to Christ. How about that? Somebody, somebody was saying today, you know, COVID, COVID, COVID wrecked the church. COVID brought, turned the church upside down. COVID exposed the church. Amen. Okay. COVID kept it real. Okay. The true Christian don't give nothing about COVID. Okay. And, and, and even if they, if they are elderly and they are, they're older and they can't come to church, guess what they're going to do? Now, I'm not, y'all know I'm not a money preacher. I'm not a money preacher. Okay? But the true believer who loved the Lord and can't come because of, of sickness and disease, guess what they're going to do? They're going to send their money. They're going to send their money because they know the church needs the heat. We got the grass cut yesterday. Okay, I don't know how much they're charging us for that, you know, and, 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 and there's things that we got Sunday school books, we got gas, electric, air. I mean, we got all that needs to happen. So, so, you know, don't don't say, well, you know, COVID cops stopped me from coming to church because the postal service still run. Okay. He is one that is. Firmly committed to Christ. See, 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 there are a whole lot of fake folk. Jesus ran into them. They ran and they, they, they wanted to follow Jesus. They wanted to follow Jesus. They, here's, a, here's a group of them found in Luke 9. These all these folks wanted to follow Jesus. Okay. In Luke 9, 57, watch, watch these group of people. It's three groups. It said it came to pass that as they went a certain way. A certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Watch his answer. Here's what Jesus said. Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. But the son of man have not where to lay his head. What's Jesus saying? What's Jesus mean by this? He said, it's going to get tough following me. And if you're not truly committed, you're not going to be able to do it. Because stuff going to happen that you're going to want to run and hide because the foxes have holes. What, what happens when a fox is, is scared or, or on the run or threatened, runs into his hole, Okay. What happens to birds? Birds, birds don't have nests in places where they're easily detectable or, or can be easily reached. They try to hide them somewhere where they'll be out of reach. But you know what? As a man of God, as a Christian, you're not, you're not out of reach. You're going to have problems. And another, and another said unto him, another said unto him, 
Jesus said, follow me. Here's what he said. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. Meaning, if I start following you now before my father dies, I'm not going to get the inheritance. So this man lost out on the greater inheritance. Because he said, I got to stay with my dad until he dies so I can get his money. Then I'll come follow you. Okay. That's not true. Here's the third one. Here's the third one. Know what am I talking about? Commitment. Commitment. And another said under, the, under him, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go bid farewell, which are at my house. And Jesus said unto him, see, this is, this is Jesus I like. He, 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 took, he, he wasn't scared. See, we, we got this scary Jesus. He's not going to upset anybody. So we so into feelings anymore. Jesus didn't care about these folks' feelings. Amen. Okay. He says, listen, no man having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. Amen. What's he talking about? See, see, this guy said, let me, let me go and have one last, one last round of drinks with my buddies, you know. And then I'll, I'll tell them goodbye, then I'll come follow you. Jesus said, no, they don't need, you don't need to tell them goodbye. You don't need to tell them goodbye. They'll know you're gone. Okay. See, some people, you don't need to tell them goodbye. You don't need to, you don't need to tell them nothing. You just, 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 just live for Christ. Okay. Just live for Christ. Listen. I'm just going down my list. Y'all, just, 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 just hang in here with me. I just want to talk about this because it's, it's, it concerns me. And am I having a good time over there? There's repentance. There's change. Okay. We don't, we, we, we have this Christianity that has no change. Now, here, now here's a verse that we, that we know. I'm, I'm, I'm out to close. <laughs> Here's a verse that we know well, but I think we miss it. We stop. We stop too soon. So I want to read it all. And I want. I want to make sure we understand that that true, true Christianity, a true man of God, is changed. He's changed. He understands salvation involves change. Okay, conversion. Conversion shows in in our forsaking of sin. Isaiah, Isaiah wrote this, and he was an evangelistic preacher. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Now watch this. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let me stop there. Because I want to read this, and I'm going to let y'all go. We know the story of the seven sons of Sceva. Found in Acts 19. But I want to push this further. Now, I'm, going to, I'm going to read it all. There's a lot of Bible. A lot of Bible verses today. Y'all hang in here with me. I'm going to get this everywhere. I ain't got a lot of stories. It says, There were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and, a, and the chief priests which did so. Now watch. Acts 19, 14. Excuse me. And the evil spirit answered and said, speaking to Sceva, he said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are ye? 
And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Okay? He, he, had, he had no patience for him. See, the devil has no appetite for the fake. Okay? Get out of here. Just get out of here. Get out of here. Okay? And this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell upon them all. Now watch. Here's, here's my point. Change. Change. So we got too many Christians that hasn't, haven't changed. Okay? And I, I speak to myself. I speak clearly. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. Why? And the name of the Lord was magnified, and many believed, there's our word, followed by and confessed. They believed, they confessed, and they showed their deeds. They showed their deeds. They didn't just talk about them. Okay? And many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burnt them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver, which was in that day could be equivalent of today millions of dollars. But these people found the Lord. They believed, they confessed, and then they turned from their behaviors. Amen. They turned from their behavior. There was a transformation. There was a transformation. Remember when we talked talk in 1 Thessalonians, when, we, when the power of God came to the camp of the Thessalonians, the Bible says in 1-9 of 1 Thessalonians, and they showed us what manner of entering we had unto them and how they turned to God from idols to serve. They turned to serve. They turned to serve. They turned to serve. Last point. I'm, the last point. I'm, the last point. I thought it was... I thought it was an interesting point, this last one. The true Christian is born of the Spirit. Let me say that again. I know this ain't popular. Because we, don't, we, we just want people to get saved. We want people to come to the church and, 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 and telling them that you need to be born again can be sort of troubling to someone who understands for me to be born again then I'm going to have to change that born again spirit is going to cause some conflict with my flesh absolutely that's what it's designed to do because the spirit in the flesh is always going to fight so so the spirit the, the, the born again man the man of God the man of Christian is one who have been born of the spirit let me give you some verses John in, in John chapter 3, we know this one. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. How about that? Okay. And John says, and Jesus says to Nicodemus, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. For the kingdom of God, meaning if you're not born again, you're not going to heaven. I don't care what your preacher tell you. I don't care what they say to you. At your services. You must be born again. Nicodemus said unto him. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb. And be born. Don't make sense to Nicodemus. 
Then he says this. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Okay? It is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And then he says, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. He means you must be born how? From above. Okay? Something supernatural has to take place in the life of the believer. A spiritual rebirth is a supernatural act of God. Amen. It's not something you can do on your own. It's not something you can you can work up and do on your own. See, we try to we try to, we, can, we can will your way into the presence of God. Listen, let me see if I can find my verse. Let me see if I can find my verse. Regeneration, meaning born again, is a divine work. It's a God work. Watch what watch what the Word of God says. I'm gonna, John one twelve. Watch this. He said, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God, even to them that believe, which were born, watch this now, not of blood. Don't we want our loved ones born again? Don't we want our children and our husbands and our cousins and our co-workers? We want them, we want them born again. We want if we if we could do it on our own, if we could do it all, we would save everybody we know. We want everybody to go to heaven. And he says, which were born. Not of blood, nor of the will of flesh. See, some people are like, oh, you know, I want, I want them born. I want them. I want. I'll do anything to get my loved one saved. No, don't work like that. Amen. Not of blood, not of the will of the flesh. Watch this. Nor of the will of man. You know, you get these preachers and everybody, everybody saved. You know, I know, he, I know that was a good brother. He was a good Christian. We don't, we don't, we don't. That's not our call either. Okay, whose call is it? God. You know, we're not born of the blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. Okay, God. What are you talking about, praiser? For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Amen. It's a gift of God. Last verse. I know, I know. We <laughs> and one and one with us on Wednesday night. And Wednesday night, Romans eight came out, and it came out again as I was studying this. The man of God, the true believer, okay, is one that has the spirit of God. Living in them. Okay. Watch this. Romans 8. I'm going to start at verse number 6. I'm close. He said, for to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally, carnally minded. What do we say? Carnal comes from the, comes from the word carnival. You know, playing all the time. It's just a carnal Christian. It's, a, it's just playful. You're just playing with things of God. Just playing with the things of God. Playing church. The carnally minded is dead, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity 
against God. That word enmity means it hates God. It's, 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 it's got bad feelings about the things of God because it's, it's always trying to change them. The, the, the word of God is always trying to, is always confronting the carnal Christian. Saying, change, change, change. And the carnal Christian is like, you know, I got tokens. I still got tokens that I don't want to give up. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That's what, it, that's what he meant. And Matthew would say, Lord, Lord. And he said, remember, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord. And he said, I, I never knew you. You were carnal. You didn't have the spirit of God in you. Somebody, I hope somebody asked me today. I hope somebody not asked me, but asked God today. You know what, God, I'm going to make sure I have the spirit of God in me. He says in verse 9, I'm going to close. But you are not in the flesh. Talking about the man of God. Talking about the woman of God. But in the spirit. And if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man... Or woman, have not the spirit of God. He is none of his. That's interesting. I want to make sure we all know that. How about that? That we all know that. You can't fake not having the spirit. You got to have it. You got to have the spirit of God living in you. You got to have the spirit of God teaching you. You gotta have a you gotta have a spirit of God giving you a desire to want to learn about the Lord. That's how you know you have it. If you have no interest in the things of God, no interest in Bible study, no interest in praise, no interest in praying, no interest in reading the Bible on your own, daily devotions, you you can almost assure know that you don't have the Spirit of God. Okay? Because the Spirit of God needs to be fed. It needs to be fed and it needs to, it needs to, it's going to have a desire for the things that God's going to have a desire for fellowship and being around people who are learning and growing. Just, it it is what it is. It is what it is. Precious Lord. Thou almost persuadest me to be a Christian. What a, what a thought. What a thought. The almost Christian. Father, I pray that people hearing my voice today, people sitting in this congregation, people watching on Facebook, I pray that they know what they know. I pray that they know you as Lord and Savior. I pray that they have repented. I pray that they are walking in the newness of life. I pray that the Spirit of God is dwelling in them richly and giving them a desire for the things of God, giving them a desire to want to be in the house of God, around the people of God, learning about God, growing in faith, getting stronger and stronger and stronger every day. Not just hears of the word, but doers of the word. Father God, that they understand what salvation is, that they are committed, that they have never turned back. And Father God, they are happy. They are happy. That they are changed. They are happy that they are changed. They sit and they look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And they love the fact that they aren't who they used to be. But they are who they are now in Jesus Christ, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.